We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Happy Wednesday. It's the CHGO Fire Podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I am Pat McCraney, but he is not Alex Campbell. Alex Campbell is away probably somewhere in southern Indiana, I would guess, right now on the way to the U.S. Men's National Team game tonight in Cincinnati. He is the play-by-play voice of the Chicago Fire, Tyler Terrence. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Wow. This place is sweet. I mean, I've seen it, obviously. I've watched the show. Uh, big fan. You guys have been doing some awesome work. Um, it's always great to have another podcast that's surrounding the fire that's not the Intercontinental Football Show. But so we're, we're, like I, we're, we're like a minute in, and you're already – anything else you need to plug time. right no, away? No, 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 I, I'm a good. Minute hazy in, hazy I'm, pitch. We got some hazy yeah, pitch A minute in, and not only that, like 30 seconds was the like intro video. Yeah, so, yeah true. Was, so he's, he's good like that. So he's very zero smooth. shame. Zero Slide shame. Slide it in there. Uh, but shout out to Alex getting getting to go watch the U.S. Men's National Team. Yeah, yeah. Why did you got stuck with me? I don't know that I would call it stuck. Maybe I would. I, I would. I think if you've ever heard Tyler and I do one of the Twitter spaces on the club's uh, Twitter handle, I would expect more of the same. Yeah. Which is nonsense. Absolute Absolute nonsense. nonsense. Yep. All right. Should we talk about the fire? Do you Let's want do, to? Let's do. you want to talk about Liverpool instead? <laughs> I don't want to talk about anything right now. That was that was a brutal four hours of soccer that I had to endure because because of the delay, it ran directly into the start of the fire game and like all of our pregame prep and everything like that. So I mean, between having to watch Liverpool batter Real Madrid and lose one nil, and watch the fire make Toronto FC and Bob Bradley's crew look like a USL Championship side and still lose the game. And you're randomly in Orlando calling yes, this game. Yes, which is a place that nobody wants to be <laughs> unless you're going to Disney. And we did not go to Disney. So I, I have I loathe Orlando. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You lived in the state of Florida, though, for several years. I did, years. yeah, but I was close to the water. You had the breeze coming off. There's things to do. It's just not – Orlando is it, – it, who wants to be no, in Florida? Who wants yeah. to be in Florida when you're not near the water? The water is the draw. Yes. I completely exactly. agree. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, a, that was a tough four hours. Really, really tough. The, I think the common theme was the team that dominated the game yep. did not win the game. It's football. 
life. But in the case in the case of Liverpool, you go, ah, well, maybe they're still amazing. In the case of the fire, <laughs> it's like we're going to come up on three months now because of the international break without a win. Yeah. You look at that Toronto game, though. How do they not win that? How do they rescue defeat from the jaws of victory? How did that? How does that happen? There were a couple of different things that came into play. Number one, probably should have scored two more goals, right? Okay. If, you're just, if you're just looking at it right off the bat in terms of the quality of chances that they had, um, there, there were a couple of moments. Shabilko had one that he should have put away. You know, there's the offside call on Torres. You know, I thought that that was a good goal when it, when it came off live as well. Yeah. I was a little confused as to them thinking that it was Shabilko who was involved in the play. I didn't. I thought the I thought the VAR slash refereeing crew had a dodgy game at the at the bare minimum. So you should have scored two more goals. With that said, the defensive unit that we saw from the fire in the first four to five weeks has not been there as of late. So two mistakes from Fede really sort of cost the game. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to blame Gaga for that shot. I asked Tony on air. I said, is that is that something that he needs to save? He said it's difficult because it's coming across the face of goal. It's coming through a defender. So, you know, you think about a couple of bad breaks, you know, from a refereeing standpoint, two mistakes from Federico Navarro, which are still going to happen. He's still incredibly young, 22 years old, and and not punishing teams when you have the opportunity. And then what does Toronto do? They get their MVP, who really hasn't been all that great this year, yeah. and one opportunity, and it's a moment of genius, and then you find yourselves on the, on the wrong side of a 3-2 scoreline. That's how you lose the game. Was the PK a PK for you? Yes. Arlo I, I agree. Dis Arlo disagrees. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's difficult because it doesn't feel like in the spirit of things that's a penalty, but by letter of the law, it is. By the letter of the law, yeah. it is. His foot was in the penalty area when the foul is committed, and the way that Fede puts in challenges, he comes in hot, it's a bit reckless, and he needs to be a little bit more careful in that situation. And I think he'll be the first one to tell you that, but um, yeah, that was definitely a penalty It's for two me. weeks in a row now with a, with a penalty that I agreed with, but didn't like seeing happen. Yes. You know, it, it, with, the, with um, Miguel's handball and then Fede's shoulder to shoulder it yes they're both penalties yeah. but it's tough for me to however see. you write those laws whether right. it's the penalty right. on Fede or the penalty on Miguel Navarro there are going to be situations in which you're going to find yourself well if you're looking at that from a purist standpoint and the eye test it's not a penalty but because of the way that the law is written it is a penalty no matter what is no matter what way you write it and then if we're talking about natural position for for handball then there's going to be situations where that's not a penalty but it ends up being a penalty so I totally agree but um it just an incredibly difficult pill to swallow. I also want to say amidst this, you know, I've been banging on the 70 days without a wind drum as well. There's been two international breaks thrown in there as well. Sure. So if we're looking at playing weeks, it's like maybe three or four weeks, but it now seems like it's running up on three months because of two international breaks. If I'm going to put any sort of silver, don't give me that look. I'm trying to put some sort of silver lining on it. <laughs> the, the weird thing is that, you know, typically like last year, if, if we're looking at last year's losses, there were some pretty obvious trends that, that there, there was switching off defensively. There was um, failing to finish. This year's losses are weird and all over the place, and I can't put a finger on what it is. Is it bad luck? Is it Ezra? I don't think it is, but you know, some people have suggested it. Is it what is this? Is, is it just some sort of ghost or... or you know, some sort of yeah. thing that's cast over this club for the last decade. What is going on? How are they not putting forth? How are they not getting victories out of some of these games? I mean, that's the billion dollar question right now. And, you know, Ezra sends out that tweet after the game. For those of you who are not aware, basically saying, you know, promise. This I liked is, that. This is not yep. going to be the Chicago fire that you're used to. We are not going to be that team that, you know, you know, pisses away leads in the second half or whatever it might be. 
I am inclined to believe him because of exactly what you just said. You cannot put a, an identity on this group yet as to why they're losing games. It's defensive lapses. It's crazy goalkeeping mistakes from your 18-year-old wonderkind. It's, it's a number of different things, and it's not just one. Whereas in Bad yellow past, cards and red cards. Bad yellow yeah. cards and red cards and some discipline. So there's been yeah. a myriad of things that have been the fire's undoing. But I all think that those are controllable and fixable. And now you're finally starting to see the strongest 11 possible. I know the Fire fans are going to continue to kill me for trying to stay positive about this team. I know I work for the club, but I truly and sincerely believe that because of everything that you just said, there's no; these are not structural issues. This is just a comedy of errors that have been combined into 10 games. That's what I believe right now. But the question is, is this hole that they've dug themselves now No. too deep? No. Seven points. Seven points. A lot of teams ahead of them. There's Between. a lot of teams. That, well, every team is ahead of them in the Eastern Conference <laughs> if we're really going to play that game. But, I mean, when you're thinking about Major League Soccer and the fact that it's built on parity, this is not the Premier League where Liverpool and Manchester City are going to run away with 14 victories in a row, and it's impossible to reach the top of the table. Now, let's, slow, let's pump the brakes a little bit. We're not trying to get there. We're trying to get to seventh, right? So if you're thinking about seventh place and you're thinking about some of the teams who are hovering around that area right now, like a Miami, like a Charlotte, um, you know, good Lord almighty, I don't know what's going on over there. But there's, there's a number of teams there who are getting what? One point a game, 1.2 points per game. That's nothing. Like teams are going to drop results. Teams are going to endure similar stretches to the fire. Maybe not 10 games without a win, but they're going to endure stretches. So I do not think that this is by any stretch of the imagination too deep of a hole to dig yourself out of because of the fact that you still just saw your first strongest 11 without, without Wyatt Omsberg for the first time. And they look the best that they've looked this season so far, and that was the first time that the front four played together. 33 shots, which, as we talked about on the phone, was very similar to 31 shots last year against this very same team. 64-13 to 13 across those two games. <laughs> and they and lost you lose both. both games. You cannot make this up. You really cannot. And I don't know what it is about these two teams either. I think I read the stat out on the broadcast. It's now eight straight games where there's at least three goals scored between these two games, between these two teams. Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. I don't get it. And, and, and that Bob Bradley team, I've never seen anything like that from him, ever. They sat in yeah. and got battered. It was two passes, you were into the final third, and you were going to loft across in and hope that Shabilko was going to be on the end of it. It was the same thing over and over and over again. You thought there was going to be an adjustment at halftime, and there wasn't. And it was I've never seen a Bob Bradley team play that deep, play that poorly, and get just obliterated for 90 minutes like that. And, still, and he's going to think that he's a genius coming out of that game. He's like, we did exactly what we needed to do and still came away with a win. Because they had that midweek game against the Halifax Wanderers on Tuesday. Um, and they had six guys in the starting 11 from that yeah. game. Six, including Michael Bradley, who's 34 years old now. And they still came away with a win. I, the whole thing just mind-boggling. So if we're trying to stay positive here, we've seen the defense at its best. Beginning of the season, not letting in any goals, absolutely buttoned up. We've seen the attack a couple of games here now very good. I would argue, even though the, the goals weren't finished, the attack was great against Toronto. It was very good a couple of games ago against um, the Red Bulls. Yep. Um, we've seen quality at both ends. Mm -hmm. We just haven't seen it together since the KC game. Yeah. So, and I would argue even the Sporting Kansas City game, those finishes from Shabilko, he got a lot of help from Tim Milia as well. He did. So like one was goal, a meg, I believe. Yeah, if I remember the right. goal. The goals against Toronto yeah. were infinitely cleaner and and more just yeah. and just looked better than than Sporting Kansas City. But you're right. There there's not been a complete performance yet, and the fact that their fire only have two wins speaks to that. But 
the attack is coming together. The defense has not been what it's been because of all the suspensions, because of the disciplinary issues. And, you know, I don't think we've seen the same back four in consecutive games for quite some time now. Um, and, and Wyatt Omsberg was just devastated, the fact that he couldn't play and that he knew how big that game was. I was texting with him when the positive tests were coming in and everything like that. Kid was gutted. I felt terrible for him. Absolutely yeah. gutted. You were talking about the minutes leader for the team this season. That's the only guy over. to play every single minute. Yep. And, and Tehran comes in, and I thought that he played a good game, ends up getting a goal. Um, and especially given the way that the game unfolded, Carlos's uh, athletic traits really came into really came into play because there was a lot of space in behind Chicago because they just felt like they could push nine players forward at any given time mm-hmm. with Shihos and Tehran in the back. And Carlos, a number of times with that recovery speed and those long strides, was able to cut out Toronto FC counterattack. So with all that said, I, I think that this international break is coming at the best time possible. It's a long three weeks to right. think about what's been going on. But I think that now that you're going to get everybody healthy, you're going to get everybody back on the same page, um, you're going to get some time to work on some things and actually train as a group together with everybody fit and healthy, dare I say that they're going to come out on the other side of this uh, in a positive light. It worries me, though, that Switzerland has four games, considering what happened the last time Shaq went to Switzerland. Yeah. That's the, the key. He's, he's looked like a different player since he's come back and not in a, yeah. and not in a good way. Um, I wonder if that calf is still bothering him a little bit. I wonder if, you know, some of the minutes and everything like that are, are starting to get to him. I, it's a World Cup year. He's 31 years old. He's a professional. Um, you know, I think he's going to sort it out. But um, he hasn't looked the same. But, I, I, again, I think that him going to play with Switzerland, getting a change of pace, I think that maybe now there's a little bit more communication between the Swiss national team at Ezra and the front office of the fire. And it's like, okay, here's what we're looking at from a minutes perspective. And, and again, you know, this is the same thing with the U.S. men's national team. There are a lot of guys who are going to be on that Swiss team that aren't going to want to play in every single minute of these games. These are friendlies and you're getting ready for the World yeah. Cup, right? And this is yeah. not the camp that you have to be ready to go for. So I think that there's going to be a little bit more, there'll be a little bit more judicious in the way that they use your, and um, hopefully with, with the national team. Fingers crossed. So one of the big questions we keep getting, because we keep hearing the, the same old fire thing and we keep getting questions about whether it's time to start firing people, because that's what people do yep. naturally. For me, the idea that we would fire Ezra Hendrickson Heinous. is absolutely ridiculous. Yep. It's it's not and I could see, yeah, if you have a great team on paper and they're not performing, that usually is on the coach. I don't think any of this no. or very very little is on Ezra. I think Ezra's done a great job and he should not be going anywhere. George I think George did everything that was asked of him in the offseason. However, if this team misses the playoffs again, I do not see how he could still be around. I, given my time around this league and around this sport, I would tend to agree with you. That would be now three years running um, since he's taken over and been in charge of this project that he missed out on the postseason. And that's been the thing. Fire have not been to the postseason since 2017. Um, it's been 11 out of, uh, 10 out of the past 12 seasons that they haven't, they haven't gotten there. Yeah. I, just if I were to put money on it, if they didn't, I would probably agree with you. But with all that in mind, I, I agree with the first part of the comment as well. What more did you want him to do? I went out and you got your yeah. big name European DP. You got a young Me- young designated Mexican player, and you got a Polish striker who's a proven goal scorer in the league. He obviously hasn't been doing it at the clip that they want. He got injured, the whole thing. You got a Bundesliga center back. All the signings that they made have made sense. Don't forget about Fede before that. Of course, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Even if that, we're going- yeah. So they've they've balanced this out. You know, the the one the one that or there's a couple that you know you're still sort of asking yourself: Are they producing at the level of the money that they're making? Um, 
in Gaston Jimenez and Boris Sekulic, and I still think that Gaston shows some quality at times, but is he worth the DP tag at that number eight that's position? That's yeah. I mean, listen, And that's you, why people are harder on him, and I think rightfully so. Yeah. Is he a good player? Yes. There's going to be scrutiny if you have those two letters next to your name. Is he happen. a DP-level player? Not always. I've seen him at that level. Yeah. I've seen the quality. I've seen it in training when I've been out there, and I've seen it in games. Not always. And, and people will focus on the low-hanging fruit of – you know, he doesn't like to track back when he loses the ball at times, things like that. It's easy to pick on him. Well, for those also, things. if you're playing next to Federico Navarro, you know that he's probably going to cover enough ground it, for two. So that, right. Yeah. For me, he has not been good enough uh, for that DP tag, but I don't think he's been as bad as some people have let no. on, especially this season. I think he's been okay. He's been, no, he's, yeah. he's been 10 times better than what we saw last year. Right. Right. That bar, was not, was, set, that bar was not set incredibly yeah. high last year. The other one for me, Pat, is, is Boris Sekulic. It's a lot of money old, for an outside back. A lot of money for an outside back. And I think we saw the best version of Boris this season so far against Toronto. Okay. Granted. Yeah. You know, and I, talk, I had a long conversation with Ezra Hendrickson at the W in the, at, at Hoboken before the Red Bulls game. And I was talking about the outside backs. I think Miguel Navarro has been sensational Me this too. year. Sensational. For he two, was a guy I was ready to write off two years ago, and I think he's been fantastic. He's been great. For, yeah. for, the, for, for what yeah. the fire paying him, he is well overvalued. Now with Boki... A lot of money for an outside back, a leader on this team, or should be a leader on this team. Mm-hmm. But Ezra said that, like, there have been too many cheap giveaways in the middle of the field and too many cheap giveaways in the buildup. And if you're bulky and you're making that 40-yard run forward and you're not playing in a three-back system, you're not playing in a wing-back system where you know you might have a little bit of cover with the, with the other outside back sliding over and making it a four-back. If you're making those 40-yard runs and you're consistently giving the ball away in the middle of the field, psychologically, how many more times are you going to go do that? So there are times where he's not getting forward and you're, he's not involved in the buildup, and Ezra Hendrickson's st- system is predicated on outside backs getting there. So I don't blame him sometimes for not doing it now. Right. With the strongest 11 we're going to have on the field and what we saw against Toronto, he should be. But um, I think he's a guy that needs to step up if the fire are going to reach the potential of, of making the playoffs. I, I, I genuinely believe that because of the, of the amount of money that he's on, and, I, and the same thing goes for Gaston. You rest your voice. I have to do a bit of business here. The best way, it's not Gerber Collision and Glass either. Our friends at Gerber Collision and Glass, not them. We like them, though. They support you. We do like them. Who supports us? The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, even mine, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, email us, pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with points bet. Combine, can't do it on the Knicks, though, can you? Combine your, they don't make it this far ever. That's not in your read. Can you just combine? (laughs) Lawrence. Shots fired. (laughs) Honestly, though, I mean, he's right. The Knicks are terrible. You know. That's right. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's blood in the garden here in Chicago. The sky is blue. Yeah. Gravity exists. What, What? Yeah, what else? 
All right. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost your live same game parlays. Not on the Knicks, though. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now, online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now on your phone and register your account from start to finish. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We got a new one to talk about, too. I have to tell you about O-W-Y-N. We've got all these letters, O-W-Y-N, here at CHGO, which stands for Only What You Need. O-W-Y-N is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do, Tyler. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-friendly. There's no gluten or dairy. They're easily digestible. I just tried one before Tyler got here. I thought it was tasty. You know, Bears quarterback Justin Fields follows a plant-based diet. He would love OWYN. And OWYN and CHGO have partnered to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowyn.com with the code CHGO20. Join me and Justin Fields and try OWYN. Only what you need. It is mailbag time. Are you saying that you and Justin Fields have the same sort of athletic ability? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, dude. Although I will say I did see some beach volleyball bicycle kicks from you over the weekend and wow you still got it man it's like well, I, haven't, I haven't been able to do anything since i think i tore my <laughs> hamstring on that on that but what a great shot my my boy eli dent uh with his with his kick it uh you know a little shameless plug for him right here but that was a that was a great day on north half beach i chicagoed very hard on that day but i, I also did. i got sunburned like a like a you know what though all right it's time for the mailbag uh santiago as our first question, how do the fire fix the broken culture at the club and who should be in charge of fixing it? Is the culture broken still? I will guarantee you it was at one point, but is Joe's ownership been enough to, there's two things right here. Is it a broken culture or is it not yet a winning culture? I would argue it's not yet a winning culture, but is it broken? Mm. And have they done enough to fix that part? It's a good question, Santi. Um, as somebody who and I and I'm I'm in an interesting position at the club because I get to spend time at One North Dearborn, the main offices, mm-hmm. you know, like in, in the loop, and you know that's everything that doesn't have to do with soccer. Then I also get to spend time at SeatGeek with the first team at the training facility and the whole thing. So I get to see both. The culture is not broken. Is there an issue right now? Of course. I mean, the the guy that you put in charge of this has failed to make the playoffs in the first two years, and you're potentially coming up on a third. The 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 narrative that this is same old fire and everything like that, you know, I I get it as a tortured Mets, Jets, and Knicks and Rangers fan. And Rangers right now are killing it, by the way, so I can leave them out of this. But I get it that you're going to continue to lump front offices and previous iterations of coaching staffs into your tortured years of supporting that team. Right? Mets, Jets, Knicks. Yep. New messenger, same old story. Every So you see where fans time. are coming from here. I get it. It feels the same. I know. But because of what we talked about a few minutes ago with, like, the fact that this team right now doesn't have a losing identity, as, as crazy as that sounds, leads me to believe that it's not the cultures that broken, but, like, it's been, an uns- it's been an unfortunate series of events so far. Now, George and Sebastian, if we don't make the playoffs, I, I do think probably will not be with the club, unfortunately, because that's just the way that this business goes. I mean, you look at Charlotte, and Miguel Angel Ramirez doesn't even get to finish half the season. There are three points out of a playoff spot. That was just weird. There's got to be something more to it. Right. But David Tepper, you know, ownership, 
ownership is such an interesting thing in this sport because Joe Mansueto comes from a financial investing background and and you know that great piece in the in the athletic by Paul Tenorio he talked about just how he views this club as a long-term investment Fire fans don't necessarily want to hear that. They want to win now because they've mm-hmm. been struggling for so many years. But that's his his whole business model. He's very patient. It's growth. And he, he grows over time and puts posi- puts his businesses in a long-term position to succeed. That's what he's trying here. Yes. He, so that might yeah. look like a culture's right. broken right. if you then add on the past 12 years. Right. So that makes sense, right? I mean, if you're just looking at it logically from a, from a fan standpoint, but... You and I were talking about it, and you said it, and you said it really well. It's easy to get angry and mad and not think in a nuanced manner about this. So when we're talking about that, it's just like George clearly set out his model of this team to be young, to be centered around young players who can then flip for a profit. He's missed on some of them. He's hit on some of them. Now he learned the league a little bit after two years, and he said, okay, we need a star, and we need some more veteran players in the mix. You bring in Chihos, you bring in Shakira, you yeah. bring in Chibilko. So now he's starting to find that balance. But his mentality lines up with Joe's vision for the club in terms of long-term growth and sustainability and finding a way to generate revenue through the first team, through sell-ons. It was the first thing he ever said when he was introduced. He, he wanted to build stars, not necessarily buy them. Now, they had to have, go out and buy some stars too, which is fine, but that, that, is, that has been his idea. They're the fourth youngest team in the league. Yeah. What's going to happen with youth? It's going to be this. It's going to be ups and downs. Yeah. It's going to be a roller coaster. There are going to be mistakes from Gaga Slonina, who's 18 years old. There are going to be mistakes from Federico Navarro. There are going to be moments from Jairo Torres where you think, oh, maybe there's a little bit more quality there. The kid's 21 years old. So is the culture broken? No. But I can understand with the way that this team is shaped right now and the way that it's been built for it to appear that way. Yeah. The culture is not broken. There's a winning problem right now. But I think that that can be solved. And... And listen, we talked about it late in preseason when Shakiri came along and the Jairo Torres signing was made. You knew that Shakiri wasn't going to fit in right away. You knew that Torres wasn't coming until May 1st. You and I talked about it. It is going to take a little while, but in MLS and, pre- and, and previous teams have been successful. The Seattle Sounders do this all the time. Hit your stride in late August. Yeah. Hit your stride in early September. Peak just when the season is going to ask the most of you because this is a long season. It's longer than baseball. It lasts like nine months. So, it's again, I, I've told Fire fans to be patient for so long now, and I hate to continue to say it. Don't think the culture's broken. I think that this is only a matter of time before you start to see some more results pile up. All right, from Jeff. From what you hear, how is the morale within the group of players themselves? The road trip had to be tough for them to play so well at times and still come out dead last. What are Ezra and Rafa doing to keep things positive? Plane rides home have been tough. Yeah? Quiet. Sort of just like empty looks around the plane, dapping up guys, saying, tough one, fought hard. How does it feel compared to last year? Different. Different. What was the, the vibe last year was the vibe last year broken. was just, like, destitute. It was just, like, yeah. You, you just, it was sometimes you just didn't, you, you never felt like you were going to win. Okay. In certain games. And these guys are confused as to why they're not winning. Precisely. Okay. This is, like, what more do we have to do? Or... One mistake from a guy who's been incredible all year, like Rafa against FC Cincinnati. Yep. Like, this, this, this group, re- listen, there's clearly a, a mental thing going on with this, with this team right now. And mm-hmm. I talked about it when this, was, when this was like a three or four game winless streak. There are going to be times where you're like, 
is there a is there a culture problem inside the locker room or like what is the morale? But like I just again I just think that this is snowballed out of control and then for major league soccer teams like in a league built on parity and you know with shiesty refereeing sometimes like it happens and it just happened to happen for ten games in a row, Lawrence. What are you gonna do? It's, 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 I'd say concacafe as opposed to shiesty. I think concacafe. Concacafe. Is a, a bit, is a, yeah. Is that an adjective? That's, that's a very easy route to go. Yes. Yeah. It makes, uh, it makes sense though. Justin wants to know, he's got two questions. What is Arlo White's future? I figure there's nobody better to ask than you if we're not asking Arlo himself. Mm -hmm. And with the average points per game needed to meet the season total of last year's playoff teams being almost two, how optimistic for this season can we honestly be? So what do you, what can you tell us about what's going on with your friend Arlo? So <laughs> nobody worry about Arlo. He's going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> First of all, he's incredibly talented. Um, obviously, everybody's seen the news at this point that Peter Drury is going to take over for NBC Sports. Um, and Arlo gave six great years to NBC and to American soccer fans who tune into Premier League because, you know, I, I grew, uh, you know, I watched Premier League for, for a number of years. He was a mentor and, and uh, you know, somebody that I looked up to before I started working with him. So I'll let him announce what his next move is going to be. Uh, I think it's going to surprise a lot of people and might not be something that they're expecting. Wow. Um, but Wait, is he following Kevin Egan to the WWE? That'd be amazing. No? Anyone? Tyler? How do you know? <laughs> Lawrence, who you, who you been talking to? Hey, Kevin Egan, a.k.a. Kevin, Kevin Patrick. Patrick. Yes. Yeah. He is my guy. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up with him at the Big Ten I, Network. Fire, fire fans adore uh, Kevin Egan, and, and yeah. Kevin Egan adores fire fans. The yeah. fact, it's so interesting that he was an analyst for this team, and like now he's just a full-blown commentator host. Like It was just like very, yeah. it's very interesting. Love his story. Yeah. But now he's calling wrestling matches. and uh, I can confirm Arlo White will not be doing WWE. That's a shame. I would like oh, to hear him. I, I would enjoy that, though. Yeah, yeah. I, can confirm I, that. I think he's still going to be here in Chicago calling some games where you're going to move down to your sideline role, mm -hmm. which I actually think is pretty cool to have that element on the broadcast. I enjoyed that last year. Yeah, no, it's fun. Even um, though it was you. It's, it's a nice little change of pace. <laughs> Even though what? Even though it was you. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> mix little jabs of my profession. You know, if you ask me to come in here again, uh, it's, oh, you better have Lawrence ask me. You said you liked it. Here. I'm certainly not doing it for you. I like the aesthetic. I just don't like the person I'm sitting <laughs> next to. Um, so that's fun. I, people have all also come up to me and been like, well, how do you really feel about Arlo coming here? And like, you know, how do you feel about somebody taking away your games? Like, of course I want to call as many games as yeah. humanly possible. That's what I love to do. That's why I feel like I was put on this earth to commentate soccer games. So, do I like stepping away from my role up in the booth with Tony? Not entirely, I'll be honest with you, but we have a lot of fun in the three-man booth, and it's an interesting view down there, and like obviously the coaching staff is super open to talking to me and providing that insight from down on the field is, is a lot of fun. I enjoyed last year when you could hear what Rafa was saying, yeah. and you could... like In like five so, different languages. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. dude's amazing. Yeah. Um, I miss him. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Good guy. Yeah. Um, and then the second part of the question... Um, how optimistic I think we've kind of covered that you feel like they can dig themselves out of this hole. I also don't think it's going to be two points per game that's going to get you into the playoffs either I think the east is going to be sort of like what the west was last year what was the number last year 48 is so, it yeah it's usually it's, it's between 45 and 47 that can typically that can typically get you in there look at that um, we've got the standings ready to go I mean one I got you Patrick 1.14 like these aren't these teams are not world beaters Miami in the seventh spot right now. You, if, it, if somebody asked you to put money on Miami right now, Lawrence, to, to finish in a playoff spot, what would you say? I'd say go to points bet and use CHGO to sign up. But <laughs> I'd also say... Eh, Tyler respects that move right there, eh, I can tell you. I don't know. Not really, you know, 
I mean, I love Beck's and all that, but yeah. I don't really think I'd be trusting his team. They have team. nice uniforms. They do have nice uniforms. Uh, I, you know, I, I had the chance to talk with Phil uh, earlier this year when I did the ESPN game. Um, the fact that they're in seventh right now after what he, talk, what he talked to me about, a lot of which was off the record, mind-boggling, to, to say the least, uh, with the whole Iguain situation. But um, I'm still optimistic. Still remain optimistic. All right, one more mailbag question, then we're going to talk about you. Oh, boy. Um, Laura wants to know, are the rumors for all the teams interested in Gaga exaggerated? I think at this point I've heard rumors that teams such as Chelsea, Bayern, Wolves, Real Madrid, and maybe a few others are interested. There's kind of two things here that can be happening. There can be rumors that teams are interested, and then there's, has anyone actually offered the fire anything for Gaga? Two separate teams. Yes. Things, right? To my knowledge, and this is coming from the club a couple of days ago, you may have different information, but no one has actually made an offer for Gabriel Solnina to this point. And Fabrizio Romano confirmed that. Right. He did. And he wrote that. But the, the way people read those, he wrote it correctly, but the way people read those is, well, this deal's coming together now. This deal's... Not necessarily. No. A team can be interested, but not make an offer. A team, a team being Lots inter- of things can happen. A team being interested, like, you know, some people think that these, like, transactions and these things are so high level. Like, it's simply a phone call that somebody says, talk to me about your boy. Somebody picks up the phone, calls, calls George Heights and says, what's going on with Gaga? What do you like about him? Can he be successful in Europe? What's his mentality like? What's yeah. his training regimen like? Who is, who, who is he as a person? What does he like to do in his spare time? That, like, that's literally how the conversations go. Now so a team's interested. Now a team is all of a sudden interested. Yeah. Um, the Madrid thing, though, that's real. Yeah. Like they, they are. That is an opening bit. That they're and whatever number they come up with is going to set the tone for the rest of it. Right. It's going to be amazing to see. I think it's wild. I mean, eighteen-year-old kid playing for the fire. I don't don't say previous Champions League winner. Just don't say it. Yeah, getting getting contacted and interest from the. It's 14 crazy too, time like, Champions League winner. 14 I don't know times? if you remember Saturday, but Courtois, Courtois was pretty amazing, and you'd have to think there's still a couple <sighs> I mean, years left there. Yeah, you think, you know, decent. yeah. What <laughs> a save! Fun. Where the one was that Mane where he went to his right and just yep. tipped it off the bar. Yep. Whew. All right, I, I had a friend who had Benzema, Mane, anytime goal scorers, and Madrid to win. So both of those goals got called off, or Mane's got saved, Benzema's gets called off. And then Madrid ended up winning. That would have been a big payout. Speaking of gambling, I have to do the points bet pick of the week. Now, I will tell you that Alex normally does this for us, but Alex has been unsuccessful at all of his picks. So I don't know that you should listen to us, but I will tell you that this is me doing it. So maybe if I'm correct. Yeah, you're you're I'm a different human, right? Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Right now on points bet, the U.S. men's national team is plus 100 to win over Morocco tonight. I feel like they're going to win. I feel like that's a solid bet. So, um I think Greg's boys are going to walk away with the win tonight. I think you can bet on it. I think you might make some money. If you want to bet on a goal score or two, Greg basically gave away the entire lineup yesterday. Yep. So you don't have to sort through who might start or who might not. You know who's going to start. Wea, Ferreira, Pulisic, Aronson, I believe, are all going to be starting. Wea, lock it in. I, I feel that too. Yeah. Just don't. Right now, Georgie was plus 300 to score in the game. I don't think he's going to score in the game. So don't make that bet, please. That, that's why they pay you the big bucks. Yeah, so I feel like this one, you know, if I succeed, if the U.S. wins tonight and you guys make some money off it, Alex is out. Maybe out. All, maybe you're just going to sit in the chair altogether. But. I, 
I'm enjoying this. I really, despite all of your wisecracks and, you know, the hard time that you're giving me, th- yeah. I'm having fun. We could give Alex the uh, Charlotte FC treatment and just get him out of here. No explanation. Oh, we love yeah. Alex he, here. He lost the locker room at CHGO. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he has. He has. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to get into it. I, from what I understand, though, he's a key member of the CHGO softball team. So, like, that's... Wow. There's a lot of... um. See, a lot of respect earned from that. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to interview you now. Oh, boy. So the, the first thing I want to know is, and we're going to talk about your career and how you got started in this, which I wrote a story on in Hot Time when I was there. It's absolutely insane. But first of all, what's going on with next year? What can you tell us? We had this conversation off air and it's I was here we were, I, was, I was here an hour early and I was like oh what are Pat and I going to talk about 45 minutes of it talking about what's going to happen next year with what the can you rights. say with what's going on next year with the TVD I can say anything because anything and everything's possible Kevin Garnett like literally anything is possible right now so the last that I heard okay so there's a couple of different levels to this so obviously the rights are changing after this year yeah. every team was told that end all of your TV deals um, yes after 2022 okay fine Rumors that the model was going to shift towards uh, sort of like a universal singular model underneath the league and that they were going to be in charge of talent, production, the whole thing. Obviously, that goes against the American sports model and and fans are not going to really love that because American sports fans want their flavor. They want their guy, you know, the the whole thing. Not me, but they want a guy. And so basically... They want Arlo. They do want Arlo. I, I can't blame them. So with that in mind, there were a number of people who were up for the streaming rights. So... It was always going to be that the the regular season games and, and the run-of-the-mill games were going to be behind a paywall. Apple TV, CBS, ESPN, Fox, whoever it was going to be. Last thing I heard 48 hours ago was that, uh, more than that, 72 hours ago, Apple TV was right on the doorstep of locking up a deal. I thought they were out. Now they're this back. This is 72 hours ago. Okay. <laughs> Fell apart. International geofencing got hung up in the deal off the table. 48 hours ago. That was reported. Then 24 hours ago, Apple TV is back on the table. Still potentially could happen. They're throwing a lot of money at it. They had the highest value or the the most amount of money that they were throwing at the league. They wanted MLS Cup if that was going to happen. ESPN might get 25 games. Fox is still in the mix. I can tell you CBS is is apparently not going to be a part of it. Okay. Um, This seems like it's something that's going to be shared for the most part. Um, ESPN are probably going to dial back their, um, their thing. But then like... Who's going to pay for the production is is a huge, um, you know, sort of like sticking point of this whole thing. I have heard so many different iterations of what is going to happen with the broadcast right deal for next year. I'm done. I'm done caring. I, I Somebody texted me today. I just said, wake me when it's over. This has just been a nightmare. It's got to be hard for you. Seriously. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. This is Zero. your livelihood yeah. on the line. Yeah. Nobody cares about me. I can. I do, Tyler. I can confirm. Yeah, I think don't. I care about you too. You, Lawrence, you barely yeah, know me. You, know? But you probably care more about me than Pat yeah. does at this point. Probably. It's you know, wrong. <laughs> so we don't know. We know a little bit, but we nobody don't know. knows anything. If I'm going to put money on something, it's probably going to be Apple TV will get it across the line. ESPN will have 25 games. That'll sort of be like a game of the week type thing. Um, and I don't think Apple TV will get MLS Cup. I think that that's ridiculous. It's, for it to not be on network television, I, I think, is, is a crime. Yeah. So ESPN will, I would imagine, will probably get that. Do we think we're going to hear your voice as a part of this? I hope so. Maybe. I hope so. I, me too. All right. Me too. So the entire idea that you're sitting here now with how your career started, the whole thing is ridiculous. And I know some of you guys probably read the article I wrote a couple of years ago on Tyler, but you got started in this career as a joke. Yep. Still is. 
sitting next here to you. <laughs> Explain this whole thing to me. All right. So let's go back in a, in a little time traveling machine. Let's go back to Cortland, New York uh, on a rainy summer day, uh, August of 2014. I was a junior in college. I had three meniscus surgeries before the age of 21. Um, I was hurt a lot. Um, think of me like a Jack Wilshire kind of guy without smoking cigarettes in the locker room. Wow. Um, now that's a shot fired that's at a us. Shot. Jack. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Love super Jack Wilshire. Right. I have two Arsenal fans here. I had to do it. Yeah. Anyway. Jack's a great player. Wicked That's left fair. foot. I fancy yeah. myself as, you know, sort of like a more of a fullback uh, Jack Wilshire. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> so me and my buddy, uh, one of my best friends in the world, Joey Busatilli, he was actually a stand-up comedian in New York City for a Joey. little while. Joey. Look him up. Google him. Um, funniest, one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. Him and I are both hurt. We go to this friendly against SUNY Cortland, who's actually a very good team. And we're both put on video duty by our coach. And he basically said, shut up and film the game. I still don't know what possessed us to do this on the day. Like, we were just being goofballs. We were both bummed that we were injured and not playing. And, like, we were just like, let's do a fake broadcast of our own team's game. Turn the camera on ourselves, empty water bottles for, for microphones, and literally just, like, had the most fun over the course of 90 minutes. I did this, like, over-exaggerated, oh, and the Hobart Statesman. Like, I put on this goofy voice and, like, was mocking the profession. My buddy Joey put on an English accent that sounded Australian half the time. And we obviously know our guys inside and out, who they're dating, what they did this past weekend. It was an inappropriate broadcast. I have the disc sitting in my desk somewhere uh, at my mom's house in, in West Orange, New Jersey, somewhere, it will never see the light of day, ever. Oh, I would love to see ever. this. Ever? I ever. I think when I wrote like... the story, I tried to get you to... Yeah. Absolutely not. And now that I know Come you on. even more than I did back then, Come on. even more so you're not going to get it. But anyway, we did the game. We were too scared to tell our head coach what we did because he was the one who was like, shut up and film the game. And he's like a little bit more, you know, when you're playing for him... You know, he, he likes to run a tight ship, a um, bit of a hard ass, and he was just like one of those guys where we just didn't want to tell him. Told our assistant coach. He pops it in the tape. He pops it in the, uh, the DVD player on the bus ride back home. Guys are in tears laughing the whole thing, and I'm like kind of like sitting there like this. I'm, it's inappropriate. I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. This, is, this could end horribly for me. And, I was, and he knew that I was the ringleader behind the two. Get back to campus. I feel somebody grab the scruff of my neck as I'm walking off the bus. It's my coach, Sean Griffin. I love you, Griff, so much. He goes, I think I'm about to get kicked off the team. He goes, hey, Ty, you might be onto something here. I said, excuse me? He goes, you, you should try commentating. I was like, come on, man. I was like, how could you possibly get that from what we just did? Total comedy sketch. We were ripping on the guys. It was just a heinous, heinous performance. And he goes, no, you should really try it. We have a couple of alumni. Pierre McGuire, he used to do Inside the Glass at NBC as a Hobart grad. Jonah Schwartz, who worked at SNY over in New York for a while. Bill Whitaker, uh, a big broadcasting alum from, from Hobart. Um, and he was like, there are going to be some people who might want to help you. We have a student radio station. Just try it out. And so from there, once we lost to my senior year, our girls team was outstanding. They were so much better than us. They won a national championship in 2014, deep runs into the NCAA tournament every year, did their games, did some basketball, did some hockey. And from there, it just like spiraled out of control. And now here I am slumming it with you. <laughs> what were you planning on doing with your life before this? Nothing. Somebody, somebody at the fire offices, they'll remain nameless. They were like, they're like, I feel like you'd be homeless if you weren't a commentator. Like, what, truly, what would you do if you weren't? I can't picture you doing anything else. Jamie Chin, director of communications at the, at the, at the fire. Like, I hosted the, um, what was it, the, uh, the 10-8 event at the Metro. And, like, I was, you know, me and Frank Klopas were just, you know, up yeah. there yucking it up and just having a good time. And, like, I'm not, like, a, a host of, like, a concert event. And I just, like, went out there. I was just kind of like, we had some fun. Jamie was like, 
was like, you were born to do this, man. I was like, I blacked out. I don't even know what I said up there. Like, I was like, this, I was like, I just, I just pulled that straight from you nowhere. I was like, I don't, it, it just all comes for whatever reason, pretty naturally to me. And I'm so blessed and fortunate on so many different levels that like I ended up finding this because I wasn't pursuing it by any stretch of the imagination. My coach told me to do it. Did, and I was like, sure, why not? Is, did you have a major when this happened? Psychology. Psychology. So yeah, yeah you really had no life plan. Literally zero yeah. idea. And my parents can, can, can confirm that. I mean, they were, they were worried. And that like, you're successful now. Like you're on ESPN. Scary. Out of, out of that. It, I, it makes, it makes zero sense. And whenever, and like, whenever I get a big break, like I got the ESPN games, I got the fire gig. I always text my coach. I text my assistant, a coach, Dale Jordan, who's now the head coach at Stevens. Um, I text him. I'm like, thank you so much for pushing me to do this because like, I didn't know what I wanted to do and like the success that I've had and the whatever it's it's insane I you know I have, I have a lot of people fooled I, I make fun of you most of the time but I will say this to anybody else I will tell them I think you're one of the best in the business Thanks, so pal. yeah I appreciate that I got one from Tim another viewer question but this is about you so I save this mm. for this section Tim wants to know honestly curious what do you do <laughs> <laughs> what does a typical work week look for you, like for you? What kind of work do you actually do? What do you do when you're not calling a match? You're here some of the time. I assume you have more than one day in a week to work, right? <laughs> Cheers. What what do you do? Phenomenal question. <laughs> can I, can I, I was on a date last night. Um, oh, there's something he does. He dates. That was outside of work hours. Easy. I'm not going out on dates at 2 o'clock in an afternoon, Lawrence. All right? I'm, Just checking. I'm, I'm here with you guys. Yeah. Um, so... She asked me the same question. This is no, this is twelve hours ago. She goes, she goes. Can I ask a stupid question? She goes. So like, when you're not commentating a game, like, what do you really do? And I was like, that's a totally fair question. Let me tell you what I do. And then I try to explain it, and they're like, so you really don't do anything. You just watch sports all day. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I do. But you, you know, we, you and I talked about this. So like, you print Avery labels. I, Shout out to Avery Labels. They, they hooked it up. Those things are expensive. They gave me like five years worth. I love them to death. Anyway, so Monday, I'm usually like, you know, we get back from a road trip or like a home game. I go, you know, maybe go out with my friends after Soldier Field or whatever. So like Sunday rolls around. I try to take the day off for the most part, but then I'll watch MLS games if I'm sitting on my couch and not doing anything. That's technically working, you know, watching games of, of, of teams that we might play. Monday, I'm catching up on highlights, recording the podcast with Arlo um, and just sort of gathering minimal surface level information for the game in the week ahead. Then I'm going to the storylines, you know, the document that you're a part of for the Chicago fire and just trying to like mm -hmm. pick out some things that I like that document, by the way, I, I enjoy it too. It helps me with my prep work. Um, so it's a lot of fun. And so like just trying to put together some high level storylines, trying to think in my head, like what are going to be some of the main talking points Tuesdays, you know, we're in the office of one North Dearborn. So I have to go in and then that's where I'm really starting to get down um, with my boards, which are the Avery labels, the Microsoft word document where basically every label um, think of just like basically an address label that you have on Microsoft Word. They have a deal with Avery where then it breaks it down. I have every player on a label, um, where they're from, how old they are, year with the club, little stories and nuggets that I can use. Um, and then, so like that's Tuesday. And so I try to finish up my boards on Tuesday. Sometimes it can bleed into Wednesday. Wednesday then I'm usually watching film at least one or two games from the team that, we, that we're playing. Um, I'm talking to some people in the industry about the team that we're going up against, trying to, you know, gather some information in terms of what the sentiment is. I'm listening to podcasts from around the community of the other. So I'm just trying to become an expert on the other team. 
So then by the time Thursday, Friday, or let's say Thursday rolls around, then I'm like on soccer way transfer market where I'm trying to find combinations and links between some of these players. You love those. Oh, my yeah. God. This guy I, played with this guy and this They were in the Polish U20 national yeah. team camp yep. together and, you know, were roommates and, you know, slept three, three, three feet apart from each other. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah. Love it. Um, and, the, and the truth of the matter is, is I don't get to 90% of this stuff over the course of the broadcast anyway. Like, and I feel bad about that sometimes that I'm not sharing this prep work. But the fact of the matter is, is that soccer is constant. The ball is always in play, in the, especially the Toronto game. There are chances every other three minutes. I don't have time to go into storylines. The game is going on. Mm -hmm. I'm very much a call the game type of person. There's some people on Twitter who disagree with that, and they think that I get caught up and Tony and I are hosting a radio show, but, you know, to each their own. But, um, yeah, that's sort of what my week looks like. And then by Friday, um, I like to have most of my stuff done. Then I'm sort of relaxing. I'm still, like, poking around, seeing if there are certain stats, game notes coming in from the other team and from our communications department. Um, and then Saturday I go for my morning 5K, and that's my match day morning routine, and then, um, you know, just kind of chilling out. And if I don't have my prep work done by Saturday, I am not doing my job. So that's sort of how I look at it. You go find Tony and go... Uh... Pick up Tony from uh, from the Hyatt downtown yeah. um, where he stays. I have my classic rock uh, playlist queued up for him because he does not like that garbage that you kids listen to. But I also like classic rock. You know, my dad taught me well, Beatles, Fleetwood Mac, the whole thing. I'm also Bruce. interested. I, I was listening to your show on the drive-in, and I'm interested in the Baileys and Creamer situation. He's a nut job, this guy, Tony. So he doesn't really drink. <laughs> National hero, though. National the Hall hero, of Famer. The Hall of Famer, Tony Miola, does not really like to drink, but when he does, it's Dos Equis. No, it's not Dos Equis. He only drinks Baileys. And only Baileys? Only, I've never seen him drink anything else other than Baileys that's an alcoholic beverage. He will only have one. I've seen him have two twice. I think it was Cincinnati. We have Cincinnati will do that to a Cinc person, though. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. We were out. We were having a great. We were having a great night with our with our producer Tim Paffs, and we were just like kind of chilling. And we had our one drink, and I was like on my second or third bourbon at that point. And then Tony was like, "You know what? I'll do another." Thought I, I thought I was gonna fall out of my chair, but he can't. Bailey's is too alcoholic for him. It's too much, so he needs creamer in it too. And there's been a couple of times where he'll go to the bathroom. We'll sit down at a bar. He goes, "Order me my drink." Really? You're gonna make me do this? Waitress comes over. <clears throat> can I have a Bailey's? And then can you also put some creamer in it? <laughs> you want Bailey's and you also want... Yeah. No, no coffee, no, though. Just Bailey's and then cream... Yeah, that's... Just put it on the... Bring it over. Trust me, it's not for me. We'll figure it out. Like, I feel... I'm embarrassed to even, like, be sitting next to him while he's drinking it. But hey, he likes what he likes. He's like, it's like a milkshake. It's beautiful. It's like, okay, man. Whatever you want. I feel like we have to leave on that note. That's outstanding. <laughs> That's it. All right. We're this done? has been the this yeah. has been the CHGO Fire Podcast. Thanks to Tyler for filling in for Alex. Alex is back next week. One last thing. Give me a score prediction for tonight. 2-0. 2 0 to stripes. the US. 2 0 to the US. Wea Ferreira. I love it. Go with it. Lock it in. Lock it in, baby. We'll see you guys next week. Adios.